humans. We mean well, but we're imperfect creatures living in a beautifully imperfect world. Sometimes the little things get us, and other times, the not so little. It's amazing we've made it this far. Maybe it's because when one of us messes up, someone else comes along to help out. At Liberty Mutual Insurance, we get that it's tough out there. And our job is to make it less tough. That's the thing about humans. When things are at their worst, we're at our best. Sorry. See how... Hey, we are so glad you're here and hope you're bearing with us as we're changing things up and we're starting off with the message today. Uh, but as you recognize and I probably recognize, things are going to fall apart. Things are going to collapse. They're going to collapse when we least expect it. We're, they're going to collapse when we're, see it, when we're seeing it coming uh, and they're going to happen and they're going to collapse when we least expect it. Uh, sometimes uh, when things collapse, it's our fault. And sometimes we have nothing to do with it, yet it falls apart nonetheless. And, and maybe for you that has come in a lot of different ways over time, over your life, maybe it's health-related, maybe it's personally health-related, partially because, uh, you know, just the choices you've made in, in regarding your health, or maybe it's the health of a loved one or someone you care about, and it's falling apart or it did fall apart, and that was pretty challenging for you. Um, maybe you, uh, in your job, at your work, maybe a project that you were working on, maybe pandemic-related or not, it all fell apart as well. Uh, maybe you were hoping for a promotion. I know there were some people out there that were slated to get a promotion, expecting to get a promotion. Then like the week right before uh, the, the, they were going to get it, the pandemic started and everything went on hold. Uh, for some of you out there, you're trying to keep your sales up and it's just really difficult to do these days. Whatever your normal was, Whatever our normal was has collapsed with our kids, and, uh, and it's hard. It's hard when what we hope for, what we dream for, what we expect to happen doesn't, and it hurts sometimes. In fact, it can be quite painful when that happens, uh, when things fall apart, especially because when things collapse, there's just very little that we can sometimes do about it. I've read a lot of stories over the past few months. I'm sure you have as well, the impact of this virus, and it's been rather heartbreaking. Um, parents passing away and kids now living the rest of their lives without their loved ones, um, churches and pastors being a part inadvertently often of spreading the virus further. There was one article in particular that was just absolutely heartbreaking and the pictures in it were just heartbreaking of, of a child um, who has uh, mental handicaps, whose mom passed away because of the virus um, because she got it from a church and this child was just moaning in the loss of, a, of, of her or of his mom. And that was just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, I have a friend, a pastor friend in Africa on Facebook, and, and he shared a picture and celebrated the fact that he bought this giant or was able to buy this giant bag of rice and, and donate it to a family. And so it was a picture of the, the giant bag of rice and then the family sitting around it. And the children were just so incredibly thin, but food was so hard to come by, and so they celebrated it nonetheless. And all I could think about was, um, was my well-stocked fridge and pantry at home. You see, when lives collapse, 
when justice in our world is forgotten or missed uh, or when our hopes get into a state of just free fall, it is frustrating, it is painful, and it feels like there's nothing you can do. So I want you to just consider, consider this question. What, what do you do when there's nothing that you can do? What do you do? Well, most of us, at least how we normally think when there's nothing we can do, the one thing that we do do is we get emotional for better or for worse. Oftentimes uh, associated with anger, we, we get frustrated, we vent, we blame others. I don't know if you've ever done that before. You are such a wonderful bunch of people. I doubt you've ever blamed somebody else for a problem out of their control, a problem out of your control. Or for some of you, you just endure it. Um, a good example of a collapse um, that I, I saw someone just trying to endure and, and fight through it uh, was when my grandfather passed away. And I remember, and I called my grandma this morning to make sure that it was okay that I shared this story. Um, she didn't remember it, but I remember in the basement of the church in the hallway, I, I walked down into the basement of the church during uh, or after the funeral, before the funeral, somewhere in there. And she was standing in the hallway and I I love her to pieces, and and here's what she said. She was doing a little self-talk, and and she just told herself, get it together, Donna. Get it together. And and I just thought to myself, as I'm like bawling through the entire funeral, that here is my grandmother just trying to get through the collapse of losing her husband. Emotions sometimes that we carry are not always the most healthy, but you kind of knew that, didn't you? that when your world collapsed, the emotions you felt probably weren't the best to help you process. Understandable, certainly, but maybe not the best. So what if there was something that you could have done? I mean, as, as you think, or something else you could have done, rather. I, I mean, as you think about that most recent collapse in your life, that time when you felt like things just fell apart, um, that you thought to yourself, man, I wish I could do something what if there was something that you could do? And I realize some of you are already thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Taylor, there's always something you can do. And I get that, right? You could, you could maybe always change careers. You could maybe donate money somewhere. Maybe you could go on a missions trip. You could write a note. You could get counseling. I get that there's always maybe something that you can do. But how often does that something change the fact that things have already collapsed? that the heartbreak is already there. Or to say it a different way, and maybe more accurately, what I could do, that possible something, feels insufficient. Like the building, whatever that is in your life, the the career or or whatever you were hoping for, that building is collapsing. It's falling. And, And you're right, you could maybe do something. You could yell, you could uh, run into the building, you could do something, but ultimately the building's falling. It's going to happen, or it's already happened. And you could do something, but that something, you just know it, it feels rather insufficient. And so this morning, I want to teach you another option. And it's, honestly, it's likely something that you have never done before. Something maybe, in fact, you've never actually heard of before. At least you've never done it intentionally or heard of it intentionally. And this is something that I would argue is actually a really healthy response 
to when things collapse or when we see something. Maybe it doesn't even affect us, but we see something, we read something, and it just breaks our heart inside and, and that we recognize that something is collapsing. This is something that um, uh, people have done, in fact, for thousands of years. Um, and I think it has outcomes that we don't often expect, especially in the long term. That, in fact, this, this something, this healthy outlet can actually change things over the long term. It can change your heart, it can change your attitude, and it can actually make a physical difference in the world. Now, if you're not a church person, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. Um, I just want to give you heads up that what we're going to talk about today is uh, a very Christian and Jewish, Judeo-Christian uh, tradition. Uh, it's, a, and it's an act uh, that I would say we've kind of lost, especially in Western culture, but in some other countries around the world, this concept, this thing we're about to talk about is practiced really quite well and often, um, but I, as we journey through this together, um, you have an opportunity, Christian or not, to learn something about God and the heart of God, even in the midst of your greatest pain, even in the midst of, of something that you care about dearly collapsing around you. And that health, healthy outlet that I want to introduce you to this morning is what's called Lament. I know that doesn't sound very exciting, especially if you may be somewhat familiar with the, the word itself. Uh, it, but I, I, I wanted to suggest to you that this morning, this could be a game changer if you learn it. That if this idea, this concept, this act sticks with you, it can help you through the rest of this pandemic and the rest of your life. Now, fair warning, as this is helpful, it is also very heavy. This is pretty raw, but on a good note, it's, it's also pretty authentic. It's pretty honest. It's emotion poured out in prayer. More specifically, lament is prayer that pours out our fears, pours out our frustration, pours out our sorrows, and even our doubts. For the purpose. In other words, this lament, this prayer has a purpose. It isn't just venting. It isn't just putting it out there. It isn't just expressing something. It has a purpose. It's going somewhere. It's going to make a difference. And the purpose of it is to help. In other words, it's not going to solve everything. It may not even physically manifest itself in a change in your life or the lives of others, but it will help. It is a tool in your tool bucket of life. It's not going to be the end all be all, but it will help. And it will help us to renew our confidence in God. To renew something that maybe for you was lost because God didn't show up or you didn't feel like God showed up in the middle of a collapse. Or, or maybe you were going through something or are going through something and you just can't feel God's presence in the midst of of that something. Or maybe for some of you, this isn't a renew as much as it is just new. That perhaps this concept will help you to build a new, for the first time ever, relationship and connection with your Father in heaven that you haven't had before. And this is really important, especially because it involves God. Because isn't it true that Sooner or later, somewhere along the line, whether we believe in God or not, we blame God. 
We're going to blame him even just a little bit. Even for just a moment, we take a second and just say, God, where are you in this? Where are you in this pain? Where are you in this suffering or in my suffering? Isn't it difficult just in life to trust someone you have issues with? to talk to someone you have issues with, to learn from someone you have issues with. And so if you look at God and you've been frustrated with God that you feel like God hasn't shown up when God should have shown up, that part of the problem was is because you felt like something collapsed. You felt like God wasn't there and that broke that connection because you felt like you couldn't trust God. And instead of bringing your grievances to God when that collapse was witnessed or you experienced that falling out in your life, you ignored God. You kept him out of it. You didn't pray to him, certainly at least in a lament form. Maybe instead you blamed others. You pointed fingers at others. Your stress level went up because you were just so angry and you didn't pour that out. You certainly didn't pour it out to God. That a lament is an opportunity to put that in God's hands, which sometimes Christians talk about, but we're not how sh- sure exactly how it's done. And, and I think one of the ways that this is done is through a lament. An opportunity for you to say, God, I hope you'll make this right. I pray that you'll make this right. But until then, I'm broken. Until then, I lament what's happening. Until I can figure out what I even need to do about this whole situation, I lament to you. So to give you a better idea of what this looked like, I'm actually going to read a lament from a book of the Bible called Lamentations. In fact, There is a whole book dedicated to a giant, one big lament, one big prayer. And then in other books of the Bible, like the book of Psalms, for example, in the Old Testament, uh, there are laments that are made in song and poem form. In fact, the lament lament that we're going to look at today is a poem as well. Lamentations, we believe the the book or the documentation, was written by a guy named Jeremiah who was a prophet. In fact, it's really neat, and you can Google this um, later, hopefully after I'm done talking. Don't quite switch browser windows just yet. Um, But you can Google that there is some really strong archaeological evidence that Jeremiah actually existed in the form of seals that would seal scrolls. Um, And we found archaeologically in the city of David in Jerusalem, or just outside Jerusalem, we have found seals of people who knew Jeremiah, who helped Jeremiah, who wrote for Jeremiah, uh, which, is, which is really cool. But long story short, at this point in this particular book, this, this uh, writing of Jeremiah is a lament of the destruction of Jerusalem. The reason that Jeremiah needs to lament is because the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed by a guy named Nebuchadnezzar II. He was the king of Babylon at the time. And uh, in the perception of Jeremiah and the perception of the, the people of Israel, this was punishment. Nebuchadnezzar coming in and destroying Israel and taking over and um, moving them into exile, into captivity in Babylon uh, was punishment. 
for the people of Jerusalem and the Israel, uh, Israel's sins. And so Jeremiah is lamenting this, and it is very heavy, and it is very raw. So as I read this, and as you listen to this, I invite you to reflect, because I'm actually going to literally read it, because there's a lot here, and I don't want you to watch, I just want you to listen. Even as I'm sure maybe some kids are running around, you got a lot to deal with at home. I just hope that you would listen to this, because maybe you're in the middle of a collapse, in your life, maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're bitter. If you're bitter, you definitely need to be here for week two of this series next week because we're going to talk about the directly, that directly. Maybe you're at your limit and you need an outlet and I want that outlet to be a lament to your father in heaven. Maybe you've been moved by the injustices in the world over this past week or the suffering in the world or the amount of death in this country and around the world because of this pandemic. You've been moved by that at certain points. And my hope is that you could take that, put that front and center and imagine that is the subject of Jeremiah's lament. Because obviously you are not lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem, but you have things in your life to lament about. So think about that. Put that front and center as I read part of Lamentations, uh, specifically Lamentations chapter three, just a section of it. Begins. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He, God, has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than in light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. Has that ever been you? Feeling surrounded by bitterness towards you, towards others and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Have you ever felt that kind of weight on your shoulders? Even when I call out or cry out for help, he shuts out my prayer. Jeremiah, the prophet of God, feels as though God is shutting out his prayer. I'm guessing that's something we can all relate to, feeling like God isn't hearing our prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. He had made, he's, he's making that my life is more difficult than it needs to be. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Have you felt that kind of a collapse before. Felt that looking at a picture, reading a story, mourning a loved one, feeling in darkness, feeling weighed down. Here's the thing though, that Jeremiah gets, that's why Jeremiah is praying this heavy, heavy prayer, laying it onto God, essentially saying, God, in your absence, this is happening. Jeremiah was being honest, very honest with God. The difference for us so often is we're very honest to God. 
we're not very honest with him. We, we don't really believe that God's present and involved. We just want to be angry at him. I want you to hear what Jeremiah says next, because this tells us so clearly that Jeremiah was being honest with God, not just to God. Listen to what happens next. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We may be hurt, we may be burdened, we may be burned, but we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It's a famous song. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. He is my inheritance. He is what I deserve. I deserve the Lord. He's not here right now. He's absent and that is hurting me or I feel as though he is absent, but I am going to call his name as if he is with me. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This may be a season, Jeremiah says, where I have to wait. But God is faithful. God may be letting some things happen in my life in a a way that is a mystery to me that I fully don't understand. But he is with me nonetheless. God laments with us. Some Christians like to think that God is above and, and, and all-knowing and in charge of everything and calm and unaffected by the troubles of this world, that he is just apart from the world. But I don't think that's Jeremiah's perspective. In fact, I don't think that's most of the perspective of the writers of the Bible. They knew God was with them all along the way. That an absent God is not the God of Christianity. We see that so many times, how God, throughout the biblical story, how God mourns and grieves even with us as we mourn and grieve. In Genesis, very first book of the Bible, just following creation, just before the whole thing with Noah, okay, this is what uh, the writer of Genesis documented. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was very great in all the earth and that every inclination of those thoughts in their hearts was only evil continually. continually. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. They just kept going. And the Lord, he continues, and the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on earth and it grieved him to his heart. We know that not everybody in the world was bad at that point but it sure felt like it. Have you ever grieved the wickedness of humankind? So has God. Well, some of you would say, then, then God messed up. Yeah, I mean, he's in charge. He, he messed up. He could have fixed it. Now, I don't want to oversimplify a very complex topic, but is it your fault every time your kids mess up? You, some of you are hoping not. Why doesn't, then you, why, why, why don't you then, if your kids mess up, why don't you just fix them? Not that easy, is it? Because there's this thing called free will that even your kids have choice. And there's this other thing, at least that we believe in as Christians, this thing called sin that we are very capable of from the very beginning. 
your kids do things that you don't teach them. You've seen other people, kids do things, and you just, part of you is like, I can't believe that parent taught that child that behavior. I don't think they taught them to hit or kick or bite, yet here they are. There's no instant fix to that. Maybe there's an over-the-time fix, but there's no instant fix. So what are you going to do in the meantime? You grieve it. You lament it. You cry out to your father. God was devastated when Israel turned away from him. Jesus, the son of God, wept when his friend Lazarus died. Wept. Paul said that God's spirit groans in the pain of creation. That when we are in pain, God's spirit groans with us. God laments with us. God laments with us. I want to suggest to you that a good parent sometimes will let their child learn from the consequences of their child's decision, but is also with them 100% of the way, 100% of the consequence journey. They're not going to step in and solve all the problems, but they are not distant. They are with them. That is your father in heaven. That is my father in heaven, fully aware of your suffering, fully aware of your pain, fully aware as you grieve. So why not lament with him? Why not grieve with him? When you have nothing you can do, when there is nothing you can do, when maybe the little that you can do feels insufficient, know that God laments with you if you choose to lament with him. So here's my encouragement. Don't leave it. Whatever it is, that thing that is falling apart, that thing that breaks your heart, don't just leave it. Don't just avoid it. Say, ah, there's nothing I can do and just walk away. Don't leave it. Jeremiah But Jeremiah also didn't go out and like take it out on other people. And you shouldn't either. Because leaving it can take a lot of different forms. You don't just have to walk away from something. You can walk towards something else. Don't just walk towards another addiction to, you know, distract you from the pain that you're feeling. Alcohol, websites, relationships, all that kind of stuff. Also, don't bottle it up because that's a different way of just leaving it. Don't just leave it. Grieve it. Learn to lament. I am learning to lament. I'm learning to lament when I see things on on social media or on the news that are just simply people being ignorant, people being short-sighted. I lament, or I'm learning to lament, when I see things or read articles about the destruction of our world, of God's creation. I'm learning to lament the destruction of my children's world because sometimes I look at the world and I say, my children are going to have to bear the burden of other people's sin and decision. I'm learning to lament the cost of sin that other people endure. I wish they wouldn't have to endure the consequences of their decisions, but they are, and I am learning to lament that. I lament this pandemic. I lament the fact that it seems to be hurting most the people who have the least. 
I lament that. I know this is heavy, but personally, I'll be the first to say that I need something to do when there's nothing I can do. I need something to do when there's nothing I can do. And when I consider the alternatives that there's a godless world, there's a godless universe, and that therefore there is no God to lament to, that, that our future and the decisions of our, our world and our leaders is just a roll of the, devi- a roll of the dice, a, uh, a survival of the fittest, whoever is luckiest, that there is no restoration or no redemption in our future, that seems really cold to me. That seems worse to me than having to lament the pain that I feel. Because with God in your life and in my life, we can have hope. Just as Jeremiah says, we can have hope because of the Lord's great love. That he is not distance, he is with us. He is for us. We are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness to us. This is a key idea of Christianity, that through Christ, things can be made right. Today, right now, they can be made right in your life right now. And that one day our world and all the pain will be restored. And until then, we are not without options. So don't leave it. Grieve it with your heavenly father. We can lament it. We can act even in small ways, even in small, silent prayers. So at this moment, I want to invite the band up. And uh, as they come up and, and get ready, um, we're going to uh, we're going to introduce a new song today. Um, and you don't have to sing during it. I know sometimes it's weird singing to a TV. I, I get that or to your phone or your iPad, whatever you got going on. But this is an opportunity I think that we have to reflect. During the next few minutes as we sing the song, that this is an opportunity to reflect on what's burdening us, what's grieving in our hearts the pain that we're going through that maybe we've suppressed and haven't dealt with or have yet to deal with in a healthy way. My friends, you may be pretty surprised at how God may answer your lament. Maybe not right away, but over time. How maybe in the midst of your lament through his spirit, something will just pop into your mind and your heart. Maybe an opportunity that you never thought of before or a way to physically take action on this issue that you've never thought before or to give you courage in a way to respond that you never have thought of before and open a door, a new door to you because you took time to be with him and he was there ready to be with you. Perhaps a lament can begin to renew, repair, or bring a new relationship with your heavenly father to repair a broken confidence, a broken trust that you feel is there with your father in heaven. God is not as far as you think. I would suggest to you that he's closer than you realize. A God who wants to be with you, for you, even in your suffering. So think about that, pray on that, lament on that as we sing this next song and then I'll be back up to pray with you. To know that trust, to experience that trust, to let down the walls of bitterness, of doubt, of suffering, 
pain that we have never lamented away, that we have never grieved, we have never placed at your feet, that still hold us back from knowing the love, the faithfulness you have for us. Help us, Lord, to know that love, whether it be through those around us, through the words that you have given us in Scripture, through the community, the church that we're a part of, or through your Spirit, Lord, help us to know that, to trust that, to lament, to not leave, to grieve. There is so much suffering in this world, and there will continue to be. That is the reality but that there is a light in the darkness, a light for us, and a light for us to be to others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we're going to try uh, something a little new, a little different. Um, uh, after service is over today, I I'm going to give you a couple discussion questions uh, to discuss with uh, those watching with you, or, or maybe you need to call up a friend to talk about it, or at the very least, just to internally consider. There's only two of them. I think we're going to put them up on the screen for you if we haven't already. Um, you can take a picture of this. Uh, we'll also post it to our social media. Um, but the two questions for today are, what is something you have assumed you could do nothing about, so you just moved on? You assumed you could do nothing about, that, that lamenting was at least not an option for you, so you just moved on. And then what does it say about God if he grieves with us? Whether you're Christian or not, what does that say about God? And what does that mean for you? So discuss that, and then uh, we'd love for you to be here uh, next week as we continue this series.